Fika with Anika. The word fika is used as both a noun and a verb and is derived from the Swedish word for coffee. The Swedish coffee break is a moment to literally leave work behind. Taken at three in the afternoon, it's not a strategy for multitasking or for fitting in another mini-meeting. It's a chance to relax in the company of colleagues or friends. The key is to pause your day. So, brew up some coffee, grab a seat, and embrace Fika. Hello and good afternoon. This is Annika Knöppel, your host for Fika with Annika. I thought today I would start with an introduction to a staple in the Swedish kitchen. We call it knäckebröd. You know it as crisp bread. Crisp bread is common across Scandinavia, but especially so in Sweden, followed closely by Norway. 85% of all Swedish households have it at all times. Crisp bread has been eaten for about 1,500 years in Sweden, Norway, and Finland. These crackers are traditionally made from wholemeal rye flour, water, and salt. The dough does not rise much and therefore does not become soft as bread. Crisp breads are baked flatter and more dry and therefore keep fresh for a long time. In Scandinavia, crisp breads used to be considered a poor man's bread and these hardtacks were also a staple for sailors on long sea journeys. Knäckebrö is Sweden's second largest export, second only to absolute vodka. Your average Swede munches through 12.1 pounds of crisp bread every year, and crisp bread is amongst the most missed food product for Swedes abroad. It may not sound like much, 12.1 pounds, but considering an average crisp bread weighs about 12 grams, this equates to 458 slices per person every year. Knäckebrö comes in a variety of shapes. Most are familiar with the large circular dimpled rounds with holes in the center, which were originally made by Swedish farm wives only a few times a year. They never worried that these hard air-dried crackers would get stale. The knäckebrö was hung from poles or broomstick handles in the home. The family shared a round by breaking it up and serving it with butter. In a historical context, you would butter it with the flat side up to save butter and with the whole side up if you were visiting so you could take advantage of the free butter. To do it any other way would have been seen as wasteful in the first case and as an insult in the second case. Both sides work and the most correct is the dimpled side according to the manufacturers of modern bread. The dimpled side is known as fest sidan or the feast side or the side that captures the most butter. The flat side, the reverse side, is known as snål sidan, the poor man's side. It's also known that the dimpled side is known as the Sunday side as it was a special treat to be able to get the extra butter. Super versatile, you can have crisp bread at every meal. In Scandinavia, crisp bread is treated as any other type of bread. It can be topped with almost anything and is a common part of breakfast, lunch, dinner, or snacks in between. 
crushed over a bowl of yogurt, maybe with some berries for a naturally low sugar, high fiber, and delicious granola for breakfast, topped with smoked salmon and cream cheese for lunch, used as a pizza base for dinner. Yes, crisp bread pizza is a thing and it's delicious. In Sweden, you can even buy ready-made frozen crisp bread pizzas. In the U.S., crisp bread is often thought about in one of two ways. One, as a cracker for cheese, and two, diet food. This saddens our crispy Scandinavian hearts and our tummies because crisp bread is absolutely great with cheese and is definitely much better for you than mass-produced Wonder Bread. But Scandinavians eat crisp bread because it's tasty, and you can top it with anything you like. It's convenient, it keeps forever, and it's good for you. You can eat four triangles of crisp bread for every slice of white bread, and thanks to the high fiber content, you will stay fuller for a lot longer, meaning you may be able to resist that cinnamon bun later, or not, but that's okay, because cinnamon buns are made for fika. Now, pass us some crisp bread, someone, or cinnamon buns. So, here we are another Wednesday afternoon, and it's time for Fika with Anika. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening in. I'm here with my distinguished guest, and I say distinguished because the size of that hat and that mustache, you must be distinguished. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with here with J.R. Hull, um, and uh, I know you from Facebook. I've, you and I are friends, and I, so I know a little bit about you, but again, you know... That's uh, all I really know about you, that, uh, that you do some, some acting, you're a, a cowboy, uh, you have interest with some of the local nonprofits. So with that said, I'm going to hand it over to you, JR. Okay, well thank you. Um, let's, I want to start with the, the nonprofits, and one of the things that uh, a lot of people don't know is that uh, I'm the assistant ranch director for the Manzanita Ranch. Uh, the Manzanita Ranch is a uh, service organization that caters to vet veterans with PTSD. So it's a 501c3? It's a 501c3. Uh, it's been around in ANSA now for about seven years. And uh, it's one of, probably one of the uh, uh, lesser known nonprofits here. Um, and, uh, but what we do is that uh, uh, we deal with veterans uh, with PTSD and we use horse, horses in their therapy. And we've got two programs that we run. One is called the uh, One Good Day Project where we bring a group of veterans out um, and I'll sit around the uh, tack room with them and size them up a little bit and talk to them a little bit and I'll hand them a halter and say, go get your horse. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, these are, this is, uh, I'm, and I'm putting air quotes here, city folk? Well, I mean, these are veterans, okay? All right. So I, you can't classify a veteran as city folk. All or right. But doesn't mean that they're horse people. Well, so, I mean, everybody I've, I've run into, somebody's always had some interaction with a horse, period. Okay. You know, I, I either rode on the beach in, in Hawaii or Mexico or I had a, 
you know, my mom gave me a pony birthday. Somebody's somebody's always had some connection with a horse, one way or the other. Okay. You know, uh, most of the people that come to me, they probably hadn't ridden since childhood. You know, and maybe maybe one or two times. Now, are they selected by you, or are they selected by another organization and sent out to you? So we did. We've been working with the uh, the VA out in Temecula. Okay, and what they'll do is they'll get a group together for us and bring them out for the One, day, one Good Day project. And um, like I said, you know, they'll come out, I'll set them down, size them up, have them a halter and say, go get your horse. You know, um, we're not one of those uh, organizations to where they're already saddled or all you get to do is pet them or groom them. You come out to my ranch, you're going to ride. You're going to catch your own horse, you're going to saddle your own horse, and then uh, once I give you some basics on how to steer the horse, we take a five-mile ride on the PCT. Wow, it sounds like a hoot. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, well, all right, so if anybody's ever, ever seen the movie The Cowboy, or The Cowboys with John Wayne? Yes. Okay, that's the way I run it. Okay. You know, so give them a challenge. You know, let them conquer that challenge, you know. And it may be as simple as just catching the horse. It may be as simple as just saddling the horse. It may be as simple as just bitting up the horse. But once they get through those small little challenges and they get on that horse and they take that ride, they conquered, they conquered the first thing. I'm on a horse. I did it myself. Then after the five-mile ride, they're going, this is the best thing since peanut butter, you know. Right. And so that's... That's, that's well, riding on the PCT is pretty marvelous anyhow. I mean, we have beautiful landscape here, and, yeah. and so it's nice and uh, relaxing, all that fresh air. So I can see how that's... Uh, yeah, and there's some intense point, parts on that PCT, too, where, you know, we go. I mean, you know, okay. you got a cliff on one side and a 300-foot drop on the other side and only a foot-and-a-half trail. Well, that must be really good for the PST. It really <laughs> is, you know. Well, I'm joking, and you're not. I'm no, no, it is. It, 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 you know, I look at challenge, 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 challenge. When these guys come back from, from combat, or, you know, um, they get out of the service, there's a lot of things that, that they're missing. They're missing, the, they're missing the, the challenge of everyday life. A, number one, is surviving. Number two, the, the guy they, they bunk next to is their lifeline, their buddy. You know what I'm saying? You know, there's a lot of codependency going on right there. And they leave the service, that's all gone. You know, they get out They get out in civilian life, you know, where's their buddy? Where's the guy who's got his back? You know, where's my next challenge? Where's my next goal? Where's my next, you know, where's that adrenaline? So this is where just the one good day project, just that one day of challenge, and all of a sudden the horse is their, their partner, their buddy, their, you know, you got to take care of that horse, you know. Their mindset starts changing, and then when you start going on this ride, and see all the beautiful landscape and everything else, you know, and then get into a situation where, like I said, you got a three hundred foot drop on one side and a cliff on the other side, nowhere to go but forward. You know, that gets the blood going. You know, and you got to trust your horse. 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 You know, and we get to we get to a point where we're on a t uh, top of a hillside, and we'll you know we'll we'll get out of the saddle, have some waters, look at Kawea, 
we'll look at, uh, we can see Borrego Springs from or one spot, you know. And these guys just, just you can just see everything just oh, come out of them, you know. Um, <coughs> so that's, that we do on a regular basis with veterans, you know. Um, then we have what we call the uh, ride of a lifetime. And that's that three days, uh, four nights on horseback camping. And what we do is we take a select few that's been on in one good day. Okay, so they're pre-selected. They're pre-selected, you know, they come in and we take them on a horseback ride camping, you know. And um, the first time we did this was in um, 2017. Uh, we had five riders and uh, one of the riders I did not know. Okay, um, I had a friend from the Phoenix Patriot Foundation say, look, I got this guy, he needs to go. I said, fine, okay. So we did 13 miles the first day. Get, get, to, uh, get to the camp, we camped at, uh, on, the, on the res. And we had people like Tom Firth, Steve Silkostu, Dutch oven cooking, cowboy cooking, and everything else. And um, one cowboy start, one veteran start breaking out. When you say breaking out, like in words, sweat? My, no, just breaking out like he was allergic to something. Oh, okay. You know, uh, I had a good friend of mine there. He was ex-Marine too. Um, and he goes, he says, well, you know, let me take him home, get him showered, antihistamines and all that. But end up he's allergic to horses. No. So what do you do now? So anyway. Antihistamine, showered, and everything else. We had dinner, and we all bunked down. And I get up at 6.30 in the morning to feed the horses. And this veteran already had his horse pulled out, brushing him down, getting ready for the next day. That's what the program is really all about. He met a challenge. He took it on. I'm tearing up. <laughs> By the end of the third day, you can never tell he'd never ridden a horse. You can never tell he was allergic to a horse. You know, and he just, his whole life changed. You know, and that's what the program's all about. I see. You know. So, right. So, I, I can see a short-term change, but you're talking, you're, you're, you're saying that this is life-changing for them. Yeah, it is. I mean, Jason, the guy's name, he, this is, you know, we're going on three years since that, that, ep, since that event. He still calls me, he still calls me about his horse. How's my horse doing? You well, know, it is his horse. It's his horse. You know, how's my horse doing? You know, uh, he'll come out and we're doing a parade to go see his horse, go pet his horse. You know, but yeah, that, that whole thing just changed his whole life. You know. Well, that is quite something. Yeah. <laughs> so again, it's we, like I said, I throw them in the mix. You know, again, John Wayne, the Cowboys. You know, just throw the kids at it, throw the men at it. Here's your challenge. Get over this challenge, and then all of a sudden, this horse is your partner or your or your uh, your battle buddy. You know. Uh, last year when we did it, um, we rode from Lake Riverside Estates to Reed Valley Ranch. 
supposed to be like a nine mile trip. Okay. We got lost. How could you guys get lost? There's a good story. There's a good story. There. Wrong wrong trail boss. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not going to mention any You're names. Not going to mention any names, but wrong trail boss. So I finally got to the point where I knew where the ranch was. I knew what the what ridge we had to be on, and I think I had a couple I, uh, a couple uh, Marine vets with me, an Army vet, and a Coast Guard, and. I said, okay, we got to be on that ridge, okay, right below that ridge is where the ranch is at. So I took the lead and I started busting brush and everything else. We find a path and a Marine would go out and scout a mile down the road to make sure that we were running into fences or dead ends or anything like that. We did that for three hours with no water, okay. No supplies. All right, we did that for three hours. We finally got to the ranch. Okay, we got to the ranch. They, you know, they're cooking dinner. We're sitting around the fire, and these guys just sat back and says, "This is the best day of their life." Right. The challenge of the knowing challenge. survival skills. Exactly, and you right. know, um, it's one, almost like you planned it that way. Almost, but you didn't. I didn't. Right. <laughs> one one marine vet, and he's basically we pulled together as a unit. You know, and that's all right. you talk about is that we pulled together. We knew we had to be on that ridge. We knew we had to get there, you know. And so that experience itself, just like they're going like, and me, I'm thinking disaster, we're lost. But we get to camp, they're going like, best damn day of my life. Wonderful. No bickering, no nothing, no, nothing. and no blaming. No pointing fingers, anything like that. Right. And then the second day, now here's, here's the kicker. The second day we had another... We got a 10 mile trail we're gonna do. So we start out early in the morning. Now we have water, we have all the supplies we need, right? <laughs> we get about five and a half miles into into the trail and we stop for, for lunch. And I'm checking out all, all the horses and I got one horse that's just, just not looking good. Okay. Okay, so I'm, I'm giving electrolytes and water and everything else and you know, loosen up the saddle to cool the horse down and we all had help we all finished lunch and all that and i made a decision look this horse needs to go back this horse cannot make the rest of this trail and um the um the guy uh, marine vet was was uh, riding him and i said all right well so anyway the rest of the group says okay look we're going to go ahead and turn around too and we'll ride ahead of you and try to get some help you know because i didn't this horse was like Effie. <laughs> so, Salty and I are riding back real slow while everybody else is going ahead. And about half mile, maybe a mile into it, I said, "Look, we got to get out there. We got to walk this horse. Hand walk, the, you know." So Salty he gets off, grabs a horse, and starts walking this horse. So we're walking this horse. Um, trying to keep water down and keep him cool and everything else. And end up walking that horse four and a half miles before we got help. He walked that horse four and a half miles before he got help. Well, he was the good buddy. He was the good buddy. Right. He, you know, to help his friend. Leave no man behind, you know. Right. And again, I think it's the second day, disaster. I got a horse that's just half dead. 
you know. Um, but anyway, we get help, horse recovers, and I take the horse back to camp. Next night, that night, I can't best day of their life. Horses in need, everybody pulled together, we are a team. And I'm sitting here getting all teary eyed again. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not a good host at this point. I think that's just that's uh. just lovely because we all need that. It's not just the veterans. We all have a feeling of that, don't we? Yeah. I mean, we all need a best friend. We all need to be able to, you know, have someone to rely on and to pull us through. And this is just, I mean, how wonderful is this? I mean, we all know horses are wonderful creatures, right. anyhow. Right. But uh, but to be able to to put together people that are troubled. Yeah, with uh, uh, with these animals. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, every, everything else just goes away from that point. You know, the animal's in trouble, you take care of the animal. The group's in trouble, you take care of the group, you know. Um, uh, so, you these guys, the reason why I like, like working with veterans, because they'll take the challenge on. You don't have to ask them to. They'll take it on, you know. They're going to conquer it one way or the other, you know. Um, and that's 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 just the you know the, the, that's the best way to describe the program, gotcha. you know. So uh, day two goes by, and then there's day three. <laughs> day three, uneventful. Or? Uneventful. We we move cattle. What? Yeah. Oh, we, how fun! We move cattle, you know. And move cattle that day. We sorted cattle that day, you know. And it was. Um, I think the only, I think the only thing bad thing that happened is that the day ended. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Not enough hours. In that Not day. enough hours. But wow. these guys, for the first time, they moved a herd. You know. Now, yeah, it took it's about it took took about uh, maybe two hours for them to figure out how to move a herd, but we finally started moving a herd. You know, got the herd moved, and then uh, we had to cut some cows out for for. Uh, um, for treatment or something like that, okay. you know. So they were learning how to cut cows out, you know. Um, so they had a great time doing that. And again, at, around the campfire, they're all sitting back going like, this is the best day of my life, you know. Wow. You know, learn something new. They work together as a unit, you know. And I, I think that's the biggest thing is working together as a unit. And I think that's where the, the right of a lifetime really comes to play because you're relying on each other, you know. You're relying on your horse. You got to take care of your horse. You got to take care of your your trail buddy, you know. And that whole thing just there's a unit. We just built a unit, and we built a unit from different branches of the of of, of the military, you know. I got a right. Navy SEAL out there. I've got a guy from the Coast Guard. I got a guy from the Air Force. I got a guy from from um, uh, uh, the Marines. You know, all of a sudden, boom, we work together. We created a unit. We do it for two, you know, for three days and four nights, you know. And they're just like, best damn thing since peanut butter. Wow. You know. So what happens after after this experience? Do they go back home and end up buying a horse? Do they come back and help <coughs> you at the ranch? So to answer your question, yes. Um, so a very good buddy of mine, Martin, um, I met Martin about two and a half years ago. Uh, he was just getting out of the, out of the Marines. Um, did a couple rides with him, and uh, I actually ended up giving him a horse. 
gave him a horse. Uh, three, three or four months later, he bought another horse. Comes out, him and his wife would come out and feed. If I can't feed, they'll do it. You know. Um, we have these three-day rides and all that. He's always there with his horse helping. Okay. You know, um, there's nothing I can't, you know, I'll call him, hey, dude, I'm, you know, I'll be leaving, leaving for the weekend. Can you or your wife feed? No problem. You know. But now he's up to like, he's up to, a, well, he lost the horse I, I gave him, so he, he's bought another horse. Uh, he's now getting involved. Uh, two weeks ago, we did, uh, did some uh, um, cow work at the, on the reservation. He was out there with his horse, with his wife, gathering cows, sorting cows, roping cows. Oh, this is fantastic. You know, and, right. and you know, I met him two and a half years ago. You know, had no idea what a cowboy was. Had no idea. I'm not saying he he, he had no idea. I'm just well, saying. Of course, right. You know. I mean, how, yeah. You These know. days, how many people actually do it? Right? right. But, you know, he actually, you know, when I gave him the horse, he bought a horse, and he's training horses and everything else. He's out there now doing cattle work and everything else, you know. So, yeah, I've, I've got a few people like that. He's just, I'm in. I'm in 100%. That's really you know right. That's so. like the the blue ribbon, the yeah. the golden star on your program. Yeah. Fika with Anika. You're listening to K O Y T L P Anza, California. Attention Mountain residents. Recognizing community needs in the age of technology, the Anza Electric Cooperative is partnering with the Riverside County Information and Technology Department and Anza Community Broadcasting KOIT to distribute refurbished desktop computers for free to income qualified residents. These desktop computers come loaded with Windows 10 and Home Office. If you're interested in seeing if you or your family member qualifies, the applications are available online at anzaelectric.org, at the Anza Electric Cooperative front office, at Lorraine's Pet Supply, and in the box outside of the KOYT station. Once you have filled out your application, it can be scanned and emailed to fundraising at koyt971.org. It can be mailed P.O. Box 391-229, Anza, California, 92539, or handed in at Lorraine's Pet Supply, the co-op office, or in the mail slot at the KOYT station. Hey Anza, y'all got a computer, phone, tablet? You can stream us anytime, anywhere. Visit our Facebook fan page, check out the streaming link that's pinned at the top of the page, or visit our website, koyt971.org. The player will automatically pop up on the bottom of your screen, and you can listen to us all day long. Welcome back to Fika with Anika. So that sounds like that's a once a year experience that they have that? Yes, yes. Uh, we're trying to get to, to um, twice a year. Um, but uh, now we're going to go back into to the founders, um, Johnny Roberts and Joe Roberts. Okay. All right. Um, 
Johnny started the program uh, seven years ago when he recovered from cancer. Okay. Um, he found himself on disability and everything else. And he says, Johnny's the type of person, I can't, I can't do nothing. So he started the Imaginative Ranch and he started with the uh, One Good Day Project. You know, he can't do much, but at least he can give, give veterans one good day, you know. Um, and then I joined the program three years ago, um, and we introduced the Right of a Lifetime and a few other things. We're now doing at-risk at youth, you know, um, okay. and uh, I've got a few other, and I've got some volunteer programs going too, you know. Um, so we're building, we're building in multiple directions, okay. Um, but you can only do so much yourself, so... Yeah, I can only do so much myself. Right. So, and Jill Roberts, Johnny Roberts, and yourself are the ones who basically are, are running the program. Right, right. So, last year when we, had, we did Right Up a Lifetime, Johnny had just found out that his throat cancer came back. Okay. Uh, and and be honest with you, it's been a rough year. Very rough year. Um, we've had to cancel a few events because of the because of the cancer and everything else. <coughs> um, but you know, um, I hear he's on the road to recovery. Yeah, he is on it. Yeah, so he's he's been battling it now for over a year. Um, they just put in they just put in a trach a few months ago so he can breathe. He's on a different uh, immunotherapy. Um, but yeah, he's on the road to recovery. I mean, he's gaining weight, he's looking better, he's feeling better, you know. So, um, we're, we're hoping that, you know, by, by the time this pro, by the time this therapy's over, it'd be gone. Okay. Know. But, but so while he's on the, on the men's here, you're, you've taken the reins here in order to, to continue the programs. Right. Right. It must be difficult doing it all on your own, though. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about the ranch. What size is it? Where's the location? Five acres. It's a five-acre ranch. We're um, just uh, right up the uh, Coyote Canyon. Um, I think that development was called the High Country. High Country Ranches. High Country Ranches. We're in that development there. All right. Off of Lavernia. We, we're about, uh, we have an access point to the PCT that's no more than a quarter mile away. You know, um, we've done a lot of property improvements. I have some nice turnouts. You know, I've got a arena. Um, that and this is where the at risk at risk youth. Come up with a better name than that. Uh, they come out and I'll give them riding lessons or horse. You know, how to handle a horse from the ground, how to groom, how to uh, things like rope. You know, right. um, I yeah. I mean, I even showed them how to buck hay. Okay. Yeah. Well, someone's got to do it. Yeah. Right? Someone's got to do it. You yeah. Know? Right. And the funny part about bucking hay is like you're getting into it. Look how many bells I can do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, roping. They really love the roping when I teach them how to rope and things like that. Okay. Uh, so is this like gender specific? For some reason, well, you know, you think cowboys and and you know, at risk, <coughs> you tend to think of uh, you know. Misbehaving boys, but well, are there it, also girls it, involved in the program? It, no, I don't have any girls involved in the program. Uh, 
on on the youth side on the veteran side yes I do um, but on the youth side no um, uh, we did we're dealing with a uh, organization out in Banning right now called Planet Life um, so there are like I call them our beta you know help okay. me develop the program a little bit better um, they'll come out there for three or four hours I'll, I'll, I'll put them to work for an hour you know doing things like mending a fence or raking or whatever then we'll pull the horse out then we'll go from the ground up you know uh, how do you approach a horse how do you halt a horse uh, why do you do these things what can you tell me about this horse um, excuse me um, but start everything from the basics so yeah ranch work mend a fence you know uh, scoop up that poop whatever fill that water feed that horse and then we're going to this is a horse and this is how a horse is put together this is how a horse thinks you know do you find much resistance with the at-risk youth no not at all they actually want to be put to work and given direction and I, I would think so they're looking for structure they're, they're looking for structure yeah you yeah. know but let's go back and a reason for it yeah the reason for it you know so yeah um, Things like um, um, it just boom, all of a sudden went away. Um, oh, grooming a horse. So I mean, they all get, they all come to the ranch. And they all say, "Hey, when can we ride?" You know, I said, "Well, it don't work that way around here." You know, you're gonna have to learn a lot about the horse first. You know. And so, like, one of the first, thing, first things I'll ask them is, is, what can you tell me about a horse? You know, um, never, it, I always get, never walk behind one. They'll kick you. Or, you know, stay away from their rear. They'll kick you. Um, what was the other one? Uh, biting. That was the other one. And I said, well, all right, I'll tell you, you guys are totally wrong. Let me show you how to, how to handle a horse. You know, why a horse thinks the way he thinks. First of all, they're a prey animal. You know what a prey animal is? Yeah, you know. I said, so the first thing you have to do with a horse is you got to let that horse know that you're not going to eat them. And they'll be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. But you got to let that horse, you're not going to eat them because that's in their mind. Anything that moves in the bush, it could be a tiger, it could be a lion, it could be, you know. A that's bear, huh? A bear. That's the way they think. And so they'll start getting in their idea. Oh, yeah, okay, I get it. So every time you approach your horse, you approach him from this side, and you always put your hand here. Then you can move towards his face and all that, you know. Um, and then they'll start doing the peewee thing. And, said, and when you're near a horse, always keep contact with that horse. Always. Never leave contact with that horse. So they get that idea. Now, Go around the horse. First thing I do is take the five miles out and five miles in. I said, no. I said, I want you to put yourself as close as possible to his butt. He will never kick you. And they're thinking like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> <You know. laughs> do they believe you? Well, eventually they get to the point, yeah, never leave contact with that horse. You know. And then I'll demonstrate. I said, a horse can't hurt you here if you're close to his butt. He can't hurt you. But you stand out three, four, five feet, see how long his legs are? He's going to hurt you. Three, four feet, yeah. Yeah, you know. And so the light comes on, dang, yeah. 
you know, give the horse confidence, because that's what you're doing. Give the horse confidence, you know. And so they start getting this. So when new kids come out with, with the group, I have the older kids, they've been there before, walk the other kids through that process. Oh. That must be therapeutic right there, too. Yeah. How, yeah. Mentoring is important. Mentoring is very important. Yes. You know, so if I get, I've got one kid that's been there for a year and a half. Great kid. I love the kid to death, you know. <laughs> and he'll, he's the one that'll take the first timers, you know, and he'll tell them, you know why a horse does this? You know, you got to make sure the horse, the horse does not, you got to make sure the horse doesn't think you're going to eat him. I mean, he, he, he paid attention to he what you said. And, you know, lovely. And, you know, so, but they have to groom the horse. They, you know, they have to pick their hooves and everything else, you know. And, again, these other kids have been there before. No, let me show you how to, this is how you do it. You know, I put the hoof down, now you do it. So they're marrying what I taught them last year to the new kids, you know. And then we get to the roping part of it. No, you do it this way, you know. And I some, sometimes I just sit back and just, let it happen. Yeah. Well, that must be uh, quite a feeling knowing that, uh, right, that yeah. that your mentorship really, yeah. really took it somewhere. Okay. So, uh, how many horses are there? Ten. And how do you select your horses? <coughs> um, we don't. Oh, uh, yeah. Coming into the ranch, <laughs> we don't. We, you know, so we just. We take whatever we can get. If they're no good, then I try to turn them around and and get rid of them. You know. Okay. Um, we've been lucky. We've been fortunate that the last five we received uh, very well trained, very well mannered. You know, um, uh, very little health issues. Okay. You know. So you you accept donations that of. Uh, Trail horses. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I, I, it, it's, I'm getting more and more selective, you know. Um, so, I, I mean, I've had, so we've received, out of the five we received in the last two years, I've probably seen 15, you know. So I'll go see the horse, and, and if the horse is tied up at the hitching post and ready for me to inspect, then I'll turn around and walk off. You know, I want to be out there with the horse in the pasture, in the pen, catch it myself, figure out what the problems with that horse is first, before. Oh, I see. I see. You know, I mean, they're not really. They're you know, people are really. Uh, I'll have to correct myself. Yes, we have some great donations when it comes to horses. I mean, some great donations, great horses. But I've also had horses after me. They're they're just offloading a problem. You know, now if it's the up to you to fix the problem. Right. right. If I can fix that problem, I will. You know, but if if it's a problem I can't fix, then I'll just go ahead and you know, all right, I'll pass it up. You know, um, <coughs> but <clears throat> but ten, we're at max capacity. You know, um, at uh, ten horses right now, it's costing us thirty-seven dollars a day to feed. Per horse? No, that's all ten. Wait, thirty-seven dollars to feed a all ten that. horses? Ten horses, yeah. What are you feeding them straw? No. <laughs> no, 
uh, it's... I hear that if you want to go broke, have a horse. Yeah. So, so each horse is, each horse, each horse, each feet, I'm sorry, 37, let me do that right. Yeah, $37. It's 30, uh, two bales a day, 10 horses. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Two bales a day for all 10 horses. Bales right now are going for 16 bucks a bale. That's uh, 16, 16, 32 plus tax, 35, about $36 divided by 10, $3.60 per horse. You're right. Okay. Okay. All right. I was expecting just a higher number again, <laughs> you know. Well, but let's look at it this way. It's it's over $1,000 a month for 10 horses. Of course. Okay. And that's not including shoeing, uh, floating teeth. Right. Um, exactly. Right. And then any emergency vet care. Exactly. So, so how is uh, how is the organization finding money? What are you guys doing? So we got a deal with um, um, Galway Downs. We handle parking for all their sporting events, and we get a percentage of the parking fee. This is the outfit out on the seventy nine on the border to yes. Temecula. Yep. Okay. So we've been doing that for about three years. Um, is that making you enough money? We have on seasons and off seasons, so uh, we've also received uh, donations of hay uh, from uh, from a few uh, uh, people out in I can't out in the desert area. I can't remember exactly where, but you know, we, okay. you know, you'll bring in like you know eighty eight bales. You know, eighty eight bales will last us you know about forty five days. Um, now you don't want people just bringing you bales of hay. No. Okay, because we're not. We're, you're not putting a call out for hay here. No. 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 It needs to be arranged and yeah, uh, right. Uh, right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, so, like this, the 88 bales. You know, the guy called us and he says, "What do you need? What do you feed?" You know, I says, "Well, you know, during the summers I feed half alfalfa, half Bermuda." You know, and then three days later he says, "Okay, I got you 44 bales of each." Uh, have them delivered in a week, so got it delivered, um, and then uh, so that kind of held us over for about forty-five days. Um, okay. But uh, feed bill is the biggest thing. It's, 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 it's like it's, it's over a thousand dollars a month for ten horses. You know. Right. Um, well, then, but then you also have. I would assume there's expenses involved with having the at-risk youth and and the veterans too. Yeah, you're providing food for them. Um, the, the ranch hand uh, yourself. You uh, my, know? I'm the ranch hand. Right. You know, right. You know. um, so I mean, I, I'm just trying to figure out what it does it take to run an operation like this, and and how much money, uh, uh, you know, to get people to loosen up their pockets a little bit to help the veterans. Um, I know that you do some fundraising, other than you know uh, what you're right, doing right, right, with, right. with uh, Galway Downs, right. uh, that you have the occasional uh, fundraiser. But I don't know, um, don't know how successful they are. But I'm saying that because I know it was a Johnny Roberts uh, initiative with the fundraising and with him uh, being ill. That right. the fundraising efforts may not be as successful right now. Not as robust as they should be. Robust, yeah. You know. Um, yeah. We actually, we usually have a uh, Flag Day fundraiser um, every year. This year we kind of, kind of put that, put the kibosh on it because that's back, Johnny was having problems breathing in and out of uh, the emergency room. Uh, 
um, you know, just a lot of medical attention there that was really needed and it just took away from the ranch. Um, um, but again, you know, it's, he's recovering from that. So we're back, we're back into the mode again. Okay, what can we do next for the next fundraiser? What can we do next for our next project? Um, again, like the right of a lifetime, I want to do another one this October, possibly. Um, perfect, cooler weather. Cooler weather, perfect time of the year. Um, so we got to gear up for that. Um, we get some support from uh, the, the Phoenix Patriot Foundation. They'll sponsor one or two riders, you know, um, which will cover, you know, the meals and things like that. Uh, so the, the <coughs> riders, the participants have to pay to... No. So that's one thing that we, we the riders do not, our veterans do not pay a dime for any of our services. Okay. We will, however, have somebody sponsor them. Okay. Okay. But no, our veterans never pay a dime for any of our services. So it's finding the sponsors that, that is, can right. be a challenge right. sometimes. Okay. You know, um, and again, you know, like the last couple of rides, you know, we, we, we sponsored 90% of it ourselves. You know. Um, Wait, out of your own pockets? Yeah. So you obviously need, need some, some funding. Well, my biggest worry right now is as far as, yeah, we need funding, you know. Um, but as soon as I get the, you know, as soon as I get a date set and, uh, and, and uh, get some candidates for, for the ride together, you know, then I'll probably put it, we'll do the same thing we do every year. You know, sponsor a vet, this is cost for this, 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 and this, and this. You know, just put it out there. Okay. okay. And how, when you say put it out there, how do you put it out there? Uh, our Facebook page. We've got a Facebook page. Um, and we also now have a Facebook group to try to encourage a little bit more conversation uh, about the ranch or about funding, about raising, you know, supporting and things like that. Um, So it, it's all marketing, you know that. Mm. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I'm just thinking how, how the community here in ANSA could help. I mean, obviously we can help with donating for, towards the, uh, the feed bill and things like that, but uh, also finding out how to, how to sponsor a veteran, for example. Okay. You know, how, how, so uh, at the end here, uh, I'll, I'll ask you for the website. Okay. What, what is the website, and how do people get in touch with, uh, with you? Um, so uh, the website is manzanitaranch.org. Um, if you don't know how to spell manzanita. <laughs> M-A-N-Z-A-N-I-T-A. There you ranch go. Ranch.org. And then if you want to get a hold of me, it's uh, my email is jr at manzanitaranch.org. Very uh, good. Very good. Okay. Um, and then we, they, we can also find Manzanita Ranch on Facebook. Yes. You have a Facebook page. Yes. And you have a donation page there? Uh, do you have a donate button? Well, think about it. You really should have one. No, you can, we have a contact us, but I also put, um, periodically I put up fundraisers on okay. the page. Okay. So in other words, you know, I need two thousand dollars for feed this this month or something like that. Right. Gotcha. Know. I got a that bill too. You know, so I put fundraisers 
up to get up on that. Okay, very good. Right. Um, yeah, I wasn't putting you on the spot. I'm yeah, yeah, because I, I thought about that and just like, you, you know, you're probably right. We should have should that should be a donate, not a contact us. Uh, yes, you know? yes. Um, the radio station has a donate button, and we get you know Facebook donations all the time. Well, good. Not very much, but you know, five dollars well, here and ten dollars there, and and it, it trickles in and it adds up. Well, I mean, count your pennies; the dollars will come. Exactly. You exactly. Know, so. Okay, so we're here. We are almost at the end of the hour. Um, I'd sure like to have you back again, Jr. At some other time, we could talk about other interests that you have. Uh, your acting career with the the Ramona um, theater and uh, other other things that are going on here that that you may or may not want to talk about, but I'd sure love to have you back. I would love to be back. Come okay. back. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this week's Cup of Fika with Anika. Tune in Wednesdays at 3 p.m. and a replay on Sundays at 1 p.m. If you have any questions or comments for me or my guests, please send an email to programming at koyt971.org and put Fika in the subject line. Enjoy the rest of your day.